Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Winston Garland, Venice Dumbo, Joey Devine, Billy Donovan, Dwayne Washington, Sean Keen. Kermit Washington, Jawan Oldham, musical guest, the Rock on Tours, and now the host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, your host, temporary, that is, Joey Devine, and it is a beautiful Tuesday afternoon here in Los Angeles, California, and we are going to talk about the second round. Yeah, baby. I'm here with Sean Keen. Sean, permanent, permanent co-host Sean Keen. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I was, um, uh, Don Pardo asked me to look at some 1987 NBA transactions, (laughs) and uh, I found that on November 3rd, 1987, the Utah Jazz waved Billy Donovan. So oh. they stuck it to him one more time 31 years later. Also, on the same day in history, the Celtics waved Rick Carlisle. So, wow. Yeah. Big, big day for coaches losing their jobs. I believe Scotty Brooks remained employed, but uh, also out of the playoffs this year. Um, I also believe that was the same day that uh, Scott Skiles did uh, 10, 10 lines of cocaine. Oh, that's uh-huh. right. <laughs> did he like steal from people in college? I believe he did, yeah. <laughs> but he did have 30 assists in that 
fake game that one time. Yeah. You know and, that fake record he has? <laughs> even the scorekeeper, I guess he had like 29 assists for a long time in that game, and they just kept him in to try to get him to 30. And even that hometown scorekeeper was like, I can't help you out here. You have to actually <laughs> complete a pass. Um. Anyway, let's get this out of the way real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there are lots of non-playoff things we want to talk about for yeah. some reason. So let's just talk about the playoffs real quick. Okay, we can lead with that, I guess. I guess. Uh, so let's start with uh, the games we've already seen so far. Uh-huh. Uh, the Golden State Warriors uh, destroyed the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I think Draymond Green had the best game I've ever seen him play. It was very, very good. I thought uh, he had a triple double uh, in the early minutes of the third quarter, uh, which, if you believe Russell Westbrook, uh, means they won the game twice. Yeah, they won the game twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... That's the that's the only way I could interpret that, right? Yeah, I, Russell Westbrook, I think, thinks that first. First player to the triple-double wins the game, right? They yeah. just call the game once somebody gets a triple-double? Yeah, it's uh, it's Brawler's Law, I believe. <laughs> um, but what did, what did we learn from that game, Sean? Anything of importance? Well, um, I think that the Warriors are... First of all, what happened in that Portland series was, uh, you know, it... I don't I don't think it says as much about the Blazers as it said about the Pelicans and it just being like a really devastating matchup. That being said, they played Nurkic so much in a series that he was so ill suited for. And mm-hmm. I love that the Warriors were just like, huh, uh Pelicans small lineup is kind of difficult. We're not gonna start a center at all. Our center is Nick Young. I Nick Young wasn't even good in that game, though. Not really, but, you know, he uh, he was minus seven in the game. So, yeah, he did not contribute as much as some other people. I mean, it was a really high-scoring first quarter, honestly. But I just think that Kerr's, like, the whole organization just gets delighted by these, like, switcheroos. Like, huh, mm-hmm. Andre Iguodala's the point guard, suckas. Uh, yeah, I thought Sean Livingston had an awesome game too. Uh, he was uh, very good. Do you know? Do you know who led the Warriors in plus minus in that game? Um, Kevon Looney. That's correct. He was plus <laughs> thirty four in twenty four minutes. Crazy, and that was with uh one field goal attempt, which he did make. Yeah, uh, they started hacking him even. Right? Isn't that the the way you got to go to yeah, get the devastating hack a, hack a defense? <laughs> the, the devastating... By the way, I just want to reiterate: Hacka made sense when it was Shack. Yes, because Shack and Hack rhyme. Rhyme. Yeah. You don't need to say Hacka for anything else. Hacka right. anyone else? They're just hacking that person. You don't even yeah, have it's... to say Hack, honestly. No, but, it's intentionally foul. Yeah. You could even think of something else that is more appropriate for their name. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, like, 
Well, Kavon Looney doesn't rhyme with anything, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, like... Yeah. Beat on Kevon. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Just stop calling things the hacker. Yeah. Shaq... Really lost momentum there. Shaq <laughs> died 10, minute, 10 years ago. Sorry. Um... All right, so Steph Curry comes back tonight. Uh, is question, Sean? Yes. Is Steph Curry going to ruin the Warriors' momentum? <laughs> no. I I just think they need another system point guard in there. So. Oh, so Quinn Cook? No, no, Steph Curry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, yeah. He is a system point guard, according to Bleacher Report. Um, um are they going to start him? Yeah, he's not on a minutes restriction. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, he was like, he's been doing like full practices for a week and wearing yeah. a tiny knee brace. So. Um, uh, so we'll see how that goes tonight. Uh, so my question for you, Sean, mm-hmm. is how do the Pelicans make this a series? Well, what's interesting is that the, the Warriors are playing like such weird defenses here, like, like, mm-hmm. like, Draymond Green is guarding Anthony Davis, who still scored twenty-one points and had ten rebounds. Like, like, mm-hmm. but uh, Draymond kind of contains him and makes it pretty difficult for him. Um, but they had like they started the game with Kevin Durant guarding Rondo. Oh no, no, no! Sorry. Uh, yeah, didn't wasn't he guarding Rondo to start the game? Yes. Um, but then they switched. Um, <clears throat> Draymond at times was on. Was also on Rondo, uh huh. So he could kind of play center field. Yeah, and the Warriors are basically like, as many people do, kind of just daring Rondo to shoot, and he was four of ten, you know, which is fine. Um, it seemed like the guy they actually shut down the best was Drew Holiday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if I were if I were the Pelicans, I would just be playing. Darius Miller, pretty heavy minutes, I think. Um, I kind of think you sort of have no choice but to play a lot of Solomon Hill, which I know is not, like, a great strategy for winning basketball games. It just seems like the Pelicans need as much shooting as possible to counteract the Warriors. And so, Um, yeah. I mean, it didn't help them at all that Etwan Moore got in foul trouble. Yeah, Um, and another situation where... He didn't end up committing that many fouls overall, although, you know, the game was not really in doubt after the half. I mean, the Warriors were up 21 at halftime. So yeah. uh, that second quarter really just just hurt them. Um, yeah, it just seems like the Pelicans are still seem like a good team. It's just they're really at a talent disadvantage overall. You know, and right. Curry coming back, like, given that in this game, um, you know, it's it's hard to say people's plus minus because the Warriors closed the game with, like, six minutes of a three-center lineup, and Jordan right. Crawford scored a lot at that point. Uh, yeah, I think, I think Jordan Bell was playing the three for the final, like, six minutes of the game. JaVale I think Looney either. is technically the three in that lineup, right? Oh, maybe he maybe he was the three, and then <laughs> um, Damian Jones was the center. Yeah, um, uh, I I might be intentionally fouling a little more, 
possibly. I mean, you've got to wait till you're in the bonus, obviously. But uh, I might, I might try to like get in Iguodala's head or whatever, whatever bigs are in the game. I'm sorry, Sean. What do you mean by intentionally fouling? Do you mean Hacka? Uh, the the Hacka Dre. <laughs> yeah. Um. I so what are your predictions for the rest of this series? Um how many games can the Pelicans get? I think they could win a home game, but I kind of don't think they will. I think I would I, pick before the series started, I would have said Warriors in 5. Um I don't know, it's in New Orleans. The Warriors don't seem like I think they're going to sweep. I do. Wow. Uh, I think they're going to win game three. I think Rondo's going to hit a lot of shots in one of these games. It could it could definitely happen, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I would have picked them in five. I just think... Yeah, and I mean, like, who knows what Curry's going to be like when he's back. But uh, I think they just can turn up the defensive intensity enough uh, with whoever is on the roster right mm-hmm. now, and then, um, I mean, Draymond's not going to play this well again, but I feel like he could play similarly. And, you know, Kevin yeah. Durant had a very solid game, but not like, he and he and Clay were, like, ver- solid, but, like, well within the normal range of those performances, you know? Right. So, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really think that the Pelicans can stop Kevin Durant. Um, I don't know. They can put Anthony Davis on him, right? Yeah. Uh, I. That's that's the thing. Like against, he really, really did it all in round one, and he can maybe continue to do it all. But I just think that either his offense or his defense cannot be like one hundred percent all the time. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't he doesn't have I just think ideally you want to have him on somebody that he can kind of help off of and roam. Mm-hmm. And he probably you know, you could match him on Durant, but uh I don't know. I wonder if the Warriors are just so big. That's that's the real difference when you look at them and the Pelicans. Uh, sorry, and the Blazers. It's like Lillard and CJ are a great backcourt, like an all-star and a very near all-star, who is neither are nearly as big and strong as Clay Thompson, Mm -hmm. who can like guard a power forward in the post on a couple possessions. So like six, seven Clay Thompson is not going to be bothered by Rondo and holiday the same way. And so it's like, it's just difficult because the Pelicans are playing this great small lineup with Miritich at power forward and Davis at center, and they're, like, smaller at every position than the Warriors still. Even though right. Draymond's, like, 6'5", but somehow his spirit is larger than Miritich's. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on from that boring series. Yeah. Um, it's cool to see, like, I, I do kind of like that... Um, like Gentry and Kerr love each other so much. Yeah. <laughs> that like after the game, Gentry was just like, that didn't go how we planned. And then they kind of right. 
anyway, love the Pelicans. Don't think it'll be a long series. Um, let's talk about another uh, series that's played games. Uh, the Boston Celtics kind of beat the shit out of the Philadelphia 76ers last night. Yeah, it was it was kind of a stomping, honestly. Um, ben Simmons did not play particularly well. And Embiid got stats, but I'm going to tell you something. He struggled with... Al Horford. Yeah, ma- the handsomest man in the NBA. One of the handsomer men in the NBA. Uh, he was 10 of 12. He had assists. Uh, it just seems... Wait, like... Al Horford's not the handsomest man in the NBA. Well, he's one of the handsomer men in the NBA. Yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty handsome, he's, I guess. He's a really... He's a really... Well, I don't know. Maybe I mean, I'm wrong about Serge this. Ibaka. Do you think Serge Ibaka's better looking? He might be better looking. I'm going um, to look at a picture of Serge Ibaka right now. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so the thing that the thing that uh, I would say that the vulnerability that what the Celtics did was they like kind of walled off the paint against Simmons. Right, so, and they like, forced all those weirdos to hit threes, and none of them did. Yeah, and they were contesting pretty well on three-point shots, I thought. Um, I mean, the Sixers are a weird, weird team. First of all, Robert Covington was just terrible. Just terrible on like <laughs> both ends. Did he make a shot? He did not make a shot. He was 0 for 4 from 3. Um, Saric didn't make any threes. Um, and then Ilyasova missed all his threes. So, and then Bellinelli was one of two. So they were five of 26 as a team. Even Redick didn't do well. And um, yeah. so I think some of that's going to swing back. Like, I don't, I don't really think the Celtics would make 17 of their 35 threes again. Uh, at the same time, Terry Rozier, uh, I am a believer. <laughs> I, I hate that. But I am. <laughs> um, here's the thing I'll say about Terry Rozier. Uh, I thought it was kind of whack. He wore the Drew Bledsoe jersey last night and not to a game against the Bucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a little like, come on, man. That series is over. Move on. Also, they like hugged after the game. Um, yeah. Andrew Bledsoe did a video board appearance during Game 7. Yeah. Which... Like, he should have worn that jersey in, like, Game 3. But anyway, yeah. if he was going to wear it at all, Game 7... I mean, maybe it didn't... Maybe the shipping from whatever fake Chinese website he ordered it from, it just took a long time. Right. Uh, but... <laughs> but, yeah, Terry Rozier has been pretty awesome. I hate... Look, Kyrie's going to have to come off the bench. He's going to have to get used to that. Well, he's proving that Kyrie Irving is a system point guard. The thing about Terry Rozier is he just never turns the ball over. And that's kind of awesome. I mean, in the playoffs. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if that's going to continue being the case. Like a general Terry Rozier thing forever. He also shoots, sometimes he'll shoot like 22% from the floor and continue shooting. Um, but yes, he was very, he's been very good in these playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, he shot 39% from the field this year. Yeah. But uh, 
but really low turnovers. I got to say one turnover per game in 26 minutes. I'm just saying that having that on their team for the playoffs is it, – it, it feels like it would take – a lot of pressure off a coach to have a guy. Anyway, he... Uh, yeah, that's why the Cavs play Jose Calderon. Right? So we... we How many times do you think we have implicitly made fun of Terry Rozier by making fun of Danny Ainge's um, love of him? A lot. Yeah. I mean, I've done it on Twitter more than on this show, I think, but mm-hmm. I've done it a lot. I, won, I at one point said that... Uh, the, at, when Danny Ainge dies, we're going to learn that Terry Rozier was the name of his childhood sled. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I would. Here's here's an interesting fun stat: Semi Ojale made more three pointers than Saric, Covington, and Ilyasova combined. Yeah, that's not good. That probably won't happen again i think i think the sixers will have an adjustment and game two will certainly be closer but they're gonna have to stop doing stuff like like they just shouldn't play reddick and bellinelli at the same time as much as i love bellinelli um just because in that situation somebody has to guard jason tatum or they have to guard uh marcus morris and those Jalen are... Brown didn't even play last Jaylen night. Jalen Brown did not play. Uh, he might not play in game two. His hamstring is hurt. Also, uh, at one point, Marcus Smart got kicked both in his hurt hand and the dick while fouling Joel Embiid on a three. <laughs> <laughs> who, who would you say is at fault there? Marcus Smart. Yeah, it, absolutely. <laughs> um... I would not even guard him at all, though. He was two of eight. Tony Allen, Marcus Marcus Smart. They should Tony Allen, Marcus Smart. They should put like like they had Reddick guarding Tatum at one point, and it's like just put him on Marcus Smart. Like just don't don't worry about anything else. Um, See, I think they should just straight up if you're going to do that to Marcus Smart. You literally straight up Tony Allen him, and you put Embiid on him. Oh, and just roam? Quote-unquote. And then Embiid just stays in the paint and keeps not, keeps, uh, just keeps moving his foot out of the key. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, every three seconds. He was, Embiid, I gotta say, does not like to come out to the three-point line to contest shots. No. Um. But they will, if they do that, Marcus Smart is... A better shooter than Tony Allen. He is, and but they not... will lose one game where he hits. Because Marcus Smart, unlike Tony Allen, will continue shooting. I mean, he did have nine assists. So, um, yeah, I think I think Ben Simmons is going to figure out that defense a little better. Yes, um, I agree. And I think Philly will just there were just some like lineup things that were really weird and. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, great job, Boston Celtics. Really, uh, really yeah. good so game. So, do you want to uh, do you want to compliment the uh, the uh, the boy genius, the uh, uh, America's favorite virgin, Brad Stevens? No, actually, I don't I'm really going to ask a question to... real quick. <laughs> yeah, who 
currently is America's favorite virgin. Is it okay. Brad Stevens, coach of the Boston Celtics, uh-huh. or is it Captain America? Oh, my God. Well, it's it's Captain America. Here's the thing about Brad Stevens. I have heard people refer to him as a man who has not had sex, but I think Butler-era Brad Stevens was like a super handsome college coach, and I have no doubt that he was just wrecking things in Indianapolis. Like, like a white, young, handsome basketball coach in Indianapolis, Indiana. By the way, can I remind you that he's white? I think I think that guy was very like I feel like he could have been like Club Rio adjacent. You know what I mean? I don't. But sure. I but get I don't think the Brad Stevens is even like religious. Maybe is he a Mormon? Is that like an age thing? I don't think he's a Mormon. Uh He does not seem like a sexual being. He went to uh, he went to DePaul University, which I always thought was DePaul, but it's not. Um. Anyway, so you think it's Captain America? Is oh yeah, Captain America? Right like, now? oh, that's rough, dude. Because he definitely did not have sex before becoming Captain America, right? Right, and then he did not have sex, and then he fell in the ice. Uh-huh. Uh, and then. Uh, <laughs> he was waiting for Agent Carter to quote unquote dance with him, mm-hmm. which, as we all know, is a metaphor for uh, effing. Uh, and then he fell on the ice instead, and then woke up, and she was a very, very old lady who was married. Oh, and had oh, that's right, God. And they were going to go on a date. He didn't even go on a date. Well, no, then that... he was maybe going to go on a date with her niece. That is... But then he became a war criminal and has been on the run. I wish I wish that was not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, I was in love with your aunt, but now <laughs> we're going to fuck. Like, that seems counter to his character. I know that in all of these movies, and this is like a very Star Wars thing, this is a very Marvel thing... People just can't get away from this, the remnants of of being in a monarchy because everyone's mm-hmm. just obsessed with everybody's got to be father and daughter and brother and sis. Like, like everybody's got to be related. But then the the extreme is that you get to this guy who's like, oh, man, I I am a virgin, but I, I jacked off thinking about your your aunt so much. And now she's in a hospital. She's going to die. I just want to see them titties. To be fair. Face of my true love. To be fair to Captain America here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain America did not know she was uh, the aunt until a movie later. Yeah, I don't blame Captain America yeah. for this. I do blame the writers of the Captain America films. <laughs> because what if... like? What does it gain having it be her niece and be like, yeah, my my aunt told me you were hot, but then I saw you and I was like, "Mm." (laughs) out of time. Like, also, Captain America, like, what is his sex life going to be like? Because, I mean, well, he really only loves one person, though. Bucky. 
The Winter Soldier. The Winter yeah. Soldier. The worst character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Winter Soldier. Uh, I have not seen Infinity War, so this is a spoiler-free edition. I'm just talking about, like, Captain America, I feel like, would be confused and offended by doggy style. I will say... Like... <laughs> I, I will say, Brad Stevens is a little Captain America-y, where he's like... Uh, he's a tactician uh-huh. uh, and a virgin. <laughs> well, look, I'm just a... trying to steer this conversation back to basketball. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's because we're going to talk a lot about not basketball in a couple of minutes. Here. Well, and you know, Brad Stevens, his wife is his agent, which that's almost like being a virgin. Yeah, and Matt Howard is his Bucky Barnes. No, actually, I take that back. Gordon Hayward is. Gordon Hayward is, yeah. Gordon Hayward is basically the Winter Soldier right now. Right, and he's going to come back with a cybernetic ankle. (laughs) He is currently in in Wakanda being deprogrammed from uh, that... uh, from the Quinn Snyder system, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna back off and say that Brad Stevens might be a virgin, actually, because he <laughs> he he said he would have been happy as heck if he had not become a basketball coach. Red flags for happy as heck. Friends and family and faith, they're gonna take the cake. Uh, oh, yeah. I is- don't love this. On their third date, oh, he took her to a high school basketball game. Um, so they've been married Brad for 15 Stevens years. Is... Do, well, do they have any children after being married for 15 years? No. No, no. they don't. Because they haven't made Gordon love. Hayward is their child. Gordon Hayward and Tara um... Rozier are their adopted children. Um. So here's a question for you. Yeah. If Brad Stevens is the Captain America uh-huh. of... Uh, <laughs> of the NBA. We've now figured this out. Yes. Who is the Iron Man? Um, Like weird tech genius, former alcoholic. He's but like also a... like a standing counter constantly to Brad Stevens. Uh, I mean, I feel like if, if they were in more similar eras, I would kind of think about Don Nelson. Just like someone who's like, I'll drink my way through it. <laughs> um, but it's also somebody who's constantly like, like overreacting to security. Yeah, yeah, just like freaking out, trading his entire team away. Like it's it's almost like it's like mid two thousands Cuban because he's <laughs> like a billionaire and he's like it treats women Joe really Lego. badly and. Uh, and yeah, and is like, like has a real like tricked out tech facility. It's Joe Lacob, dude. Light years ahead is like a very and it, he just seems, Iron Man. He just seems not cool enough. <laughs> yeah, but Kevin Durant is essentially Ultron. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Draymond Green is kind of like the Hulk, I guess. Well, I was gonna say I think LeBron James is actually Bruce Banner. Uh, <laughs> Sheesh! Like, kind of. LeBron James is like, kind of like, he's like a genius, but also a brute. Uh huh. 
Right. You know what right, I right, mean? Right. Uh, he kind of only hulks out like a third of the time now. Because mm-hmm. he's um. <laughs> Wow. He's kind of on the run from his own teammates. <laughs> yeah, like um, even right, Dwayne Wade, he's like, we got to send you away somewhere else. <laughs> you wouldn't like me when I'm tired. <laughs> um, so that was kind of a weird uh, <laughs> turn there. Yeah. Um, what? What's your prediction for this series, Sean? I would have picked the Sixers in six. And I just don't know. I mean, the Celtics were, like, really impressive. And this sounds so stupid. But Al Horford and Aaron Baines were really tough for Philadelphia to deal with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just because they, you know, they they move around a lot. Al Horford's pretty fast. Yeah. Um, But I, they have home court. I'm still going to pick... I just love the idea of the Sixers winning a game seven in Boston Garden. Like that would be, or sorry, the TD North Garden. Uh, I'm going to pick Philly in seven. Okay. Um, I am used to the Phil- the Boston Celtics ruining the hopes of everyone in the NBA and continuing their journey on uh, party pooping. Uh-huh. Uh, and everyone in the world is rooting for the Philadelphia 76ers. So I am going to say Celtics in seven. Uh, you know what You know what? I was happening a lot in the game, and writers often talk about this as something cool, is like when all the, all the fans in Boston chant the same thing. Like Ben Simmons had the ball, and they were chanting, not a rookie. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that, actually. I That's the least cool thing in the world. That is some high school marching band shit right there. But and also, it's like, first off, I guess ostensibly they're, che- they're cheering it because they're – it's supposed to be like, yeah, Jason Tatum's a rookie. Right. But what it is is it's like you've been co-opted by capitalism because that is Adidas's selling point for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, like a you're... player that is not on your team. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're not going to you... see him in the playoffs. It's like chanting, where's the beef? Uh, they chanted "fuck the process," which is that's fine, but it yeah. just makes me think there are dudes who have season tickets in in the garden who, for years, have been like, "All right, we're gonna get everybody to chant this," and they've like thought about it in advance, like like plotting days and hours in advance what you're going to chant at the other basketball mm-hmm. team. That is some sad. Like, what are you doing in your life in Boston if you're, like, the cheer captain for your section at the TD North Garden? Like, also, what is wrong with you? Also, if you really want to rile up Sixers fans, you don't chant fuck the process. Mm-hmm. You chant fuck Sam Hinky. Oh, yeah. And then they're like, what? And then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like don't, don't try to triple nerd them yeah instead it's like it just feels like this is some like matching sweaters 
megaphone high school rally thing. And you know what's not cool? A pep rally. <laughs> I did – I will say in defense of some fans mm-hmm. chanting, I did like when – Somehow, all of the Utah fans knew to chant "Push off P" that one time. Well, another. Well, that's when your whole state is a marching band. <laughs> um, I'm telling right, you, these things get coordinated. Don't be, don't be like, oh, organically. These fans, they just knew when to chant. They always knew when to help the team out in Boston. Smartest fans in the world. They just love basketball and they hate black people. That's what's what we love. Uh, it's like, oh, I don't need John. to watch the NCAA tournament again. Uh, breaking news. Yeah. Uh, Woj just tweeted, sources, Detroit <gasps> owner Tom Gores wants president co- slash coach Stan Van Gundy back for final year of his contract with changes to the front office. Talks are ongoing. So, so it looks like one more year SVG, baby, but he won't be in charge of uh, uh, players anymore, would be my guess. Yeah, He'll no longer be the GM. When did when did Arn Tellum start working for the Pistons? I don't remember, but he's on the business side. Yeah, like, wasn't just... his job to build that new arena? I think he's... Um... It was probably his job to build that new and although I think they were already building it. That's that's the guy, I think. Um, by the way, in the Japanese press, he is known by he is known as Omi Yari no Aru Dairinin, which means the compassionate agent. Well, that's weird. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I think I think it'll be like Arn Tellum will have somebody to. Yeah, they'll take away. That's fine. Although I don't I don't really think there's like a move they can make in the off season. Like they could make it back to the playoffs, but that roster is doomed. Um all right, let's talk about um the games uh the game tonight, the series tonight that's going to start. We have Oh, I guess we have to talk about there was one more game that the Let's talk about the Rockets, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, the Rockets played the Jazz. Mm-hmm. And the Jazz didn't look so good. Yeah, they, they beat the crap out of the Jazz. They were up. They won the first quarter by 13 points, and then they won the second quarter by 12 points. Uh, Clint uh-huh. Capella was also continues to just kick ass. Yeah. Uh, he's DeAndre Jordan, dude. Yeah. I've been saying this for months now. Like, Clint Capella just is DeAndre Jordan. Um, and that's tight. DeAndre Jordan's tight. Uh, my question, though, is can the Jazz do anything? Can they score enough in the series to make it a series? Well, you know, I mean, it. there was a lot of garbage time in this game, so it's a little hard to tell. Um, I think they are in a great deal of trouble if they don't have Ricky Rubio. Mm-hmm. Um, and they... But I would also maybe question the lineup they chose against the Jazz because they started... Ricky Rubio, Ricky Rubio was out, and they decided to start Royce O'Neal in his place, 
who oh, is... Oh, you hate Royce O'Neal. I mean, I, don't, I guess I don't... I just didn't really think he existed until about a week ago. But uh, that's like four... So then your shooting guard is is uh, the Australian sensation, Joe Jingles. Um, mm-hmm. Is that his nickname? Uh, sure. He's the he's the blinder to me, but because uh, he he blinded, we don't have to talk about that he story blind, again. Yeah, <laughs> but in your face, Shire. <laughs> um, I've I've, that, to, I've told that story on this podcast before. <laughs> that uh, that seems like too many bigs to face the Houston Rockets. I think you've got to just. I mean, like I understand maybe not trusting Dante Exum to play a lot of minutes, but it just seems like. Uh, you you want to be a little like faster against the Rockets? Yeah, I wonder if the answer is actually playing Jingles at the four. Yeah, going like way the other direction. So who would yeah. you? And actually, Jay Crowder played pretty well in this game. He hit five threes, uh, and he actually played more minutes than anybody but Gobert and Mitchell. So he was a de facto. But I I don't I don't know what you I don't know what the I move is. I just don't think they're gonna have the scoring. Yeah, so I but like okay, so you play Joe Jingles at the four. Chris what Paul, do you what do you do with the, the rest of the lineup? I mean, you need Rubio back. I I just don't like they're going to get a game in this series. Yeah, just because of math. <laughs> uh, one of the one of these games the rockets just aren't going to hit three pointers well they'll also and... get do you think the Ro... do you think james harden might be a little bit depressed why did you see the 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 shots from him yesterday oh when he was at that baseball game by himself eating ice cream out of a helmet i mean that's either like i mean i'm into eating ice cream out of a helmet you know what he was probably not... just he was probably he probably just had an edible or something Right. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, like, I guess if you're thinking about, you know, what's like a real chill uh, day off activity, sitting at a baseball game and eating ice cream in a luxury box, that's pretty tight. Yeah, I'm more I I actually think that's a heartening sign for James Harden uh-huh. uh, because him publicly being at a baseball game, eating ice cream out of a, a helmet by himself. Uh, is not a picture of him with a rapper where people are maybe wondering if he's drinking Sizzurp, which yeah. has happened, which is what happened last playoffs. I want to say um, that I think so... Moses Malone Jr. has been banned from uh, Minute Maid Park as well, so that's a good sign. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't think James Harden's depressed. Um, <laughs> Like I wouldn't put it back past James Harden to be depressed sometimes, uh-huh. uh, but currently I think he's okay. You know, and uh, actually, but... every 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 time that Tristan Thompson acts out and uh, disrespects uh, the mother of his child, uh, it makes James Harden stronger as yeah, well. Yeah, it's true. Um, all right, I think this is going to be a pretty short series, though. I'm thinking it's going to be Rockets in five. Uh, I could be wrong. I mean, Chris Paul and James Harden could definitely make this a more difficult series on themselves by just being themselves. Uh, 
You know what I'm... But I just don't think the Jazz have the scoring. I'm calling a sweep. I'm saying Rockets at four. Wow. I just don't... I think the Jazz were very lucky to face the Oklahoma City Thunder in the first round. Like, I think if if Portland had lost that game instead, um, they would be playing Houston right now. Mm-hmm. I think Portland would have... I think they would have beaten. They definitely would have beaten the Thunder, and I think they would have beaten the Jazz in a seven-game series. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, but I think I think the Jazz would have a better chance if they had Rubio. But like playing like Rubio's four, out ten days, they're saying, and they're playing like four forwards as a result. It's like I think they might just have to kind of play Alec Burks and just hope because. You know, it's it's not it's not going to work playing all forwards against this team. Mm-hmm. And Donovan Mitchell, you know, he just he, he'll shoot better from three, but uh, it's just a it's a really tough ask on those guys. It's a lot to ask him to score all of the points for a team. Yeah, uh, and you know, it. I was surprised at how many shots Capella got, but you know, I'll tell you what the answer isn't. More Derek Favors. <laughs> That's oh, not boy. the answer for the Utah Jazz. Because, yeah. again, he does not exist. All right. Uh... I have to say, if I if I were a Rockets fan, though, I would be a little concerned with how Eric Gordon's played in the last couple of months. Sure. Anyway, not not a big deal. They're not going to struggle in this series. Um. All right, let's talk about the final series kicks off tonight mm. raptors calves ooh baby a classic matchup a rematch uh, so sean i want you to talk me into the raptors being able to win this series um well i don't think they will <laughs> but <laughs> uh okay well the calves bench uh, has prominently involved Jose Calderon recently, who the Raptors Raptor themselves great. got rid of like seven years ago because he was falling apart. Um, uh-huh. He he looks he has like the demeanor of uh, Tony Shalhoub in the late seasons of Wings when his cab driver character was getting super depressed. Um you know, LeBron has played, you know, roughly 300 minutes in that first round series. Mm-hmm. Is that is that about what he played? I think he really did play 300 minutes. Um, and they were actually good when he got cramps and he was resting for that, like, five minutes of the game in game seven. But um, it wasn't great that he was cramping up in the first round, I would say. No. Because the other time that's happened was finals, you know, the NBA the finals, finals after a seven game conference finals when San Antonio turned off the air conditioning in the arena and pretended it was broken. Mm-hmm. So that that seems like um, not a great sign. Um, Kevin Love is playing better, but I think his hand is still jacked up. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's there's still. I just wonder how long Kyle Korver can keep playing big minutes <laughs> in the playoffs. Like, again, he's been awesome, but 
he was hurt before that series. He played a lot of minutes, and he's still 38 years old, and he's not um, a bionic man like LeBron James is. Right. Um, um, counterpoint. Yes. Who guards LeBron James for the Raptors? I mean, it's like, do you want to – I mean, I guess they start with a rookie who tore his ACL <laughs> – uh, a mm-hmm. year ago, OG Ananobi. He did have a great tweet about, I mean, a great uh, quote about Oh, yeah, though. let's do it. He said, uh, LeBron James is pretty strong, or is really strong, but I'm strong too. <laughs> I like that. Like, Yeah, I do too. It's such a, like, it's not even really a brag as much as it's sort of like an acknowledgement of like... It's like, like he can push me down. The... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can push me down, but but he still has to do that. Like, yeah, I'm not. He's essentially saying I'm not a turnstile. Yeah, and you know, um, to be fair, um, I'm sure LeBron can probably back down on Kobe without that much trouble on the block and pass around and stuff. But at least he has to do that. You right. know, I think I think a big part of what Toronto needs to do is try to. I mean, there's like no way to really tire him out, but at least make him work really hard. You know who I think is actually going to guard him more than Ananobi, though. Who's that? Pascal Siakam. Oh well, he he definitely he could... was guarding John Wall a lot. Yeah, um, I would say a th- something that is not great for the Raptors is if if Valanciunas can't stay on the court mm-hmm. um, I I like JV he's been pretty great and I guess if the Cavs are playing Tristan Thompson you can totally play Valanciunas but it just seem, it seems like the Cavs are just going to try to play as many shooters as possible yeah but I'm I I have to say I'm not really sure why they struggled offensively against Indiana as much as they did. I guess the bigs were pretty good, or George Hill, you know, getting hurt. Is he yeah. okay now? Is his back better? I he played. Oh, he needed five injections to play in Game Seven. That's not great. No, it's bad. They still have Jeff oh. Green. That's a great sign for Toronto. Um, <laughs> but I would, st- I would still take Cavs in six, not to jump I, on that one. I wonder if the key to beating the Cavs now, and this is weird, <laughs> is maybe just doing the old Phoenix Suns thing, uh, where you just let LeBron score. Oh, and just, just. Just don't even bother. Like, like, stop. Try to stop everybody else on the team. Yeah. Like, just face guard the other four guys. And if LeBron wants to dunk every single time, he can. Indiana in Game 7 was just, like, not sending a double to LeBron for a while. And I think he hit his first, like, seven or eight shots. Yeah, but you just have to assume <laughs> that, he's gonna... that LeBron James can't outscore your team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's still one man versus five. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
If they can avoid fouling, I think that would be really huge, too, because LeBron is now also a super reliable free throw shooter, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just just looking at this, I just can't bring myself to pick the Toronto Raptors. Uh, DeRozan is the Cavs are a bad matchup for DeRozan. Now, granted, he and Lowry have both been playing really well, but uh, like I do think Lowry could do something. He's gonna have like no one guarding him. He's gonna need to take threes. Uh, the Cavs will either have terrible perimeter defense or no rim protection. Or potentially both. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the Raptors have a lot of guys. It's just, can Dwayne Casey pick the right combination of guys? And Are you worried he's going to play too many guys? I mean, yes, but at the same time, it's like sometimes you're just fishing. Um, I wonder if... The, the other guys that have been really effective for them off the bench, it's like Siakam's been good. I kind of feel like Pirtle and Valanciunas are not super useful in this series. Van Vliet is back, dude. Van Vliet's back. Don't forget. And, and DeLon Wright has been playing really well. Yeah. But I'm not sure what combination of guys on the floor that indicates, you know. Um. Now... I don't know. We're, the Cavs look terrible at many times in that series. Do you I'm think taking the still... Raptors. You are going to take the Raptors. I, I am taking the Raptors, and it's not because you convinced me. Uh, I just don't think... I, I know I'm going to be wrong, too. I'm taking the Raptors, but I know I'm going to be wrong. Uh, they just have so many better players. Like... LeBron James is the best player, mm-hmm. but then the Raptors have like the next like seven best players. Uh-huh. Be and like Kevin Love is good, but not the way they use him. And I <laughs> do you I, know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean he he did do a great job in Game Seven, but yeah, the rest of the series. In the postseason, he's averaging 11 points a game, nine rebounds, and one assist. And he's shooting 33%. Uh, So I don't know that you can really rely on him particularly. Uh, Do you think Serge Ibaka is going to be good in the series? No. Serge Ibaka is never good in a series (laughs) with LeBron. Um, But I think he'll be... You know, Serge is effective at, like, you know, I think he can shut down Kevin Love. Do you do you think Toronto's crowd is going to be an advantage, or do you think people are it's going gonna to be, be deathly it's afraid gonna of be losing again? It's really hard. It's bad. Uh, and, I mean, the last two times they played LeBron was also bad. Uh, so they're, where they they're... gave up that giant lead. And lost the game. Oh, in the regular season, you mean? Yeah. yeah. And in the in the past playoffs, they're two and eight against LeBron. And one of those wins they got because Bismack Biombo went crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe they can get Biombo on a loan or something. Um, I don't know. I just i I just can't bet against LeBron against this team. 
it seems logically they've like revamped their offense. They're playing better, but they weren't really able to definitively put away the Washington Wizards for most of that series. Sure. Um, it's true. But, you know, they, they should be able to score a lot. So if that's the case, like, I definitely think this series will be the most competitive edition of this. I just, like, it it it, it worries me that I look at the Raptors and I'm like, wow, there's like nine guys who can contribute in this series. And at the same time, I'm like, I don't really know what five guys you want to put on the floor at any given time. I do think if the Raptors win this series, they are cakewalking to the NBA Finals. Oh, against against Philly or Boston? Yeah. Uh, because this is this is their NBA Finals. I mean, this oh right, is the, right. Like the confidence they will gain if they finally beat LeBron. Mm-hmm. I just think will be will overcome whichever young team comes out of that next series. Yeah. And I have to say, there was a little bit less of people talking about how it could be LeBron's last game or that he's leaving than I thought there would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think he's probably leaving. Yeah. And LeBron James has, in the past, when he's known he was leaving, given up when the going got <laughs> tough. Now, he did not. he did not do that in this series. Although I guess you could argue that Game Six was not the strongest effort by the Cleveland Cavaliers, but yeah, I mean they won they won their games in that series. They won two games by four points and two games by three points, and then they lost by two, by eighteen, and by thirty four. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they were not. I mean, basketball doesn't work like this. It isn't. It's isn't soccer where the aggregate score matters, but uh, yeah, they were outscored by forty points in that series. Yeah, their Pythagorean <laughs> win percentage was only three point one. I don't know what it was. I just made that up. Is that blockchain? That's um, a blockchain. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so you're taking Raptors in seven. I will take Cavs in six. So those are those are our playoff. Are you excited for round two, baby? I'm really excited for this series in particular. I think um, this is going to be very interesting. I would I would I don't love even know if it's good. I would love to see the Jazz uh, challenge the Houston Rockets, though. I'd lo- I'd love to see that. I'd love prove me wrong, Utah Jazz. Um, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a real lukewarm a- believer in your team. Do something. Even as a Warrior fan, I would like to see all of these series go seven games. That's all I want. I want all the series to be good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, weird. I'm excited for round two. All right, there's some the... things we want oh, to yeah. talk about that were not the playoffs. Yes, please. Here we go. Um. Don Nelson, Sean. Mm-hmm. The patron saint of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, our favorite coach of all time uh, had an interview today in the New York Times. It's not clear um, why they did this at this time, by the way. Because he's the best. Right, but like... <laughs> like uh, <laughs> maybe somebody was just in Hawaii? 
Um, but some updates on Don Nelson for you. Uh, still, uh, still has the poker room. Don't worry. Yeah, New York New York Times dot com ran a photo of Nelly's poker room. They did not the painting, link to the, play- not the room. Yeah, they didn't. Oh, yeah. Well, they also have a picture from the room. But yes, the the famous painting, Nelly's poker room, was shown the original in its wooden. I got to say, it's a weird frame they put. It is a it. very weird. Like frame. I don't. It's very busy for one of the busiest paintings we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so what <laughs> there were so many good good reveals in this very short <laughs> interview. Uh so let's Sean, why don't you tell me your favorite fact you learned about this interview? Um you... I liked that Willie Nelson is such a wild man at poker. Uh that yeah, he just he raises all Nelson. the time. <laughs> yeah, he says he says Willie Nelson uh, has, quote, never saw a card he didn't like, and then he raises every time no matter no matter what. Well, and then they mention that Woody Harrelson is a terrible poker player. As but if very it's... good at chess. Yeah, and the, and the interviewer <laughs> says pretty good at chess, and they're both like, yeah, everybody knows that Woody Harrelson is a chess grandmaster. <laughs> like, duh. Um... So oh, and I'm he also plays say, shuffleboard for money. That I really like. <laughs> yeah, lots of money. He claims that he's won so much money playing shuffleboard in Nelly's poker room that the shuffleboard has paid for itself ten times over. <laughs> um, and Nelly, Nelly in the picture, he has a, a scraggly beard, a yellow mm-hmm. warrior's hat, and is... Wearing like a golf fleece or something and cargo yeah. shorts and smoking a giant cigar. Also, he has a knife out in front of him, and it's not really clear why. It might be a uh, nail also, file, actually. I, I'm, also, he uh, he burns Pat Riley, says he was a better basketball player than Pat Riley, but then says Pat Riley comes over to Nelly's house in Maui a lot. Now, my question for you, Sean, is... <laughs> If that's the case, why isn't Nelly? I mean, why isn't Pat Riley in the Nelly's poker room painting? Oh, I think I think Pat Riley is too competitive for that environment. Like, like Pat Riley and Willie Nelson can't be in a room together, basically. Uh, yeah, but, okay, but Pat Riley does love the beach. Like, he's obsessed with the beach and waves. And did he? Did he ever used to surf? I don't, I don't know. know. Doesn't matter. I doubt it. He, I bet he thinks surfing is for losers. Uh, but it's 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 amazing to me that Pat Riley is regularly visiting Don Nelson on Maui. It's crazy because they are, I'm going to say, the complete opposites as personalities, as coaches, as basketball. Uh, Don Nelson wants zero practices. <laughs> Pat Riley wants... Uh, 100% practices. <laughs> well, and Riley does that, like, motivating thing of, um... So, yeah, there's that story about the 2006 finals where he's like, we're only packing one outfit. We're not... Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, throw all your all your childhood possessions in this bag. I'm gonna shake them around, and then I'm gonna punch you in the face with each of my rings. You know? Mm-hmm. Nelly would be like... Hey, everybody put $5 in this bag, 
and then he'd come back and he'd have like a bunch of pizzas. That would be, it. and he'd be like, "Was that a motivating tactic?" And he's like, "No, nah, I just thought you guys might be hungry." Um, um, he is a genius, though. Don Nelson, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, now the biggest thing we want to talk about here, though, is <laughs> at and it, they really sandbag you with this interview because they talks a lot about like having a daughter and uh-huh. other stuff. But then at the end, he's like, "Oh, by the way, I grow pot now." Yeah. <laughs> uh also i've quit drinking and i just smoked pot um and then he says uh he he doesn't grow the pot to sell he just grows the 10 plants for himself Mm -hmm. which i think legally is what he has to say yes Uh, um and then he says he has his own strain of pot and Uh it's called nelly kush how much Sean, yeah go ahead i was gonna say uh you have smoked pot in the past in the i past. i know i'm not a i'm not a pot guy yeah um how much would you like to smoke nelly kush i i wish i had some in front of me right now no matter what <laughs> my other responsibilities are i'd like i would I don't really, I'm not one of those, like, make it special, I got my ritual in my little bag. (laughs) I would, like, light candles. I would try to figure out, like, the right soundtrack to listen to. I feel Mm -hmm. like I would just want to watch games from that Mavs Warriors series. Like, like I think if I was, like, really ripped on Nelly Kush, I would just want to watch that part where Steven Jackson gets ejected for clapping. Like on uh-huh. the loop, um, <laughs> yeah. Because I don't, I don't really get a sense of what music Don Nelson likes. Yeah, he's like too old to like the Grateful Dead. I think. I mean, I bet he. Well, <laughs> I did. Uh, reading this article made me want to read that other one from Sports Illustrated from a couple of years ago, uh-huh. and in that article. He says he wrote a country song he wants Willie Nelson's song he wants Willie Nelson's son to play that's about Nelly's poker room called Whiskey and Weed. <laughs> it's also very so I, yeah. <laughs> I I wonder if he's into that like outlaw country. Oh yeah, like, like Chris Christopherson, Willie Nelson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, like that 70s country. Uh, Like, I bet he likes Linda Ronstadt. Uh, Oh, the other thing I really liked about this story is Don Nelson in talking about the, like, I don't understand. It's like a hotel or something that's next to his place because people have weddings there and his his out-of-wedlock daughter manages it. Oh, he just has lots of land. And there's other there's rental properties on it. Yeah, like, I guess... we could go rent. We could go Airbnb a place on Don Nelson's land in Maui. Yeah, I guess a lot of Warriors fans do that too. But he he talks about his long lost daughter who he had out of wedlock and did not learn about until like, until she the was twenty eight. And so his explanation yeah. was. I'd been on the road with the Celtics playing the Bullets. We were doing some of that stuff when I was playing, which wasn't the best thing to do. But I did remember that lady's name. Yeah. And I just love no. 
his It's a very <laughs> like in, like I've never in, heard a more basic description of just sleeping <laughs> like sleeping around on the road. That the story of his daughter is actually a very sweet story. Like she shows up, she writes him a letter and is just like, "Hey, I uh I think I'm your daughter. Uh I don't want anything. I just want to like to contact you." And he immediately flies her to Dallas, and she's six feet tall and blonde. And he goes, yup, you're mine. <laughs> and then puts her through college, and then becomes like, she's the only one of his kids who moves to Maui with him. And she runs all his businesses there. And it's like a very sweet, great relationship. Did you know Nelly got his college degree uh, 50 years later? I did know that. Yeah, Those, he's a, he's those like, graduation pictures are amazing. It's so great. Because he had a <laughs> PE degree, and then he like went back and took the Spanish classes he needed. But he hadn't been a student teacher enough, and eventually they were like, well, you were an NBA coach for 40 years. I guess that's... I guess you don't have to come back and, like... TA a college course. <laughs> I don't even know what you would do. Um all right, anyway. I think we're done talking about Nelly, right? Yeah, good, check out that article Nelly. though. Godspeed, Nelly. I love you. I hope you never die. Please, please, please write a book though before you do. Yeah, and, and I start, want a book. I want a Nelly book. Start selling that weed, baby. <laughs> yeah. Give it so to many charity. people want to buy that weed. Um, it's also, also great how after... he ended up in Hawaii, which is just doing some like visiting the troops in Vietnam, getting flown to Hawaii for R and R, and then just intentionally missing flights until he yeah. was there like a month. <laughs> great job, Nelly. Um, all right, another guy who we love on this podcast yeah. uh, that I wanted to talk about is Stefan Marbury. Uh, now, Sean, there are some things you're going to have to explain to me. I think here. Uh, but, so Stefan Marbury, let me pull this up, sorry, um, announced that he's the CEO of a sports-based blockchain Mm -hmm. today. Uh, now, I'm going to read you a paragraph here, and you're going to have to explain some things to me. Yes. (laughs) The 41-year-old Marbury has joined China's Sun7 Stars Investment Group as chairman of its new sports blockchain group. Uh-huh. The three-time CBA champion will direct the planning and operations for the sports blockchain, group's athletic projects, content and branding services, while also creating platforms for digital assets and sports. Uh-huh. Marbury will also have ownership in the venture that will be made available via cryptocurrencies with global distribution. The group recently signed a deal with Fighting Spirit, the world's largest fighting event media rights agency and distribution company for the joint founding of a blockchain-based global fighting digital asset platform. I... (laughs) The word... What is blockchain, first off? So blockchain... Okay, I believe blockchain is the technology that allows, like, Bitcoin to work, where it's like... Uh, instead of all the transactions are just based on a computer solving like a really difficult pattern, I mm-hmm. believe to simplify it as much. 
I don't understand how it is used in the context of this press release. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm going to say 80% of those words I just read. But like like how are they how are they a blockchain fighting group? <laughs> how is it blo- how is their blockchain digital assets for sports? Uh like like you're going to get paid in bitcoins? But but they they create platforms for digital <laughs> assets in sports, but Look, the I don't reason I read this you... on our podcast is we have a lot of smart listeners. Uh, <laughs> listeners, if you're out there, can someone please explain to me what Stefan Marbury is doing now? Like, is this maybe, is this something that has been translated weirdly? But it doesn't seem like it is. It just seems like it's like douchey venture capitalist Silicon Valley words. Here's my question. Is it bum fights where they pay the bums in Bitcoin? That might be it. That might be it. Um, <laughs> fighting spirit. I hope not. Yeah, you get paid in you get paid in Bitcoins. Also, are you like... It's weird to think like, definitely, Stefan Marbury, that's the financial manager I want. Right, this seems things. like a very real business. Something Stefan Marbury... I mean, look. Stefan Mar- Marbury has had one of the most amazing sports lives mm-hmm. of anyone. Like, we are going, there's going to be an insane documentary about Stefan Marbury. There's someday. already a hit musical in China about his life. <laughs> but I, I just don't know, man. <laughs> Remember when he used to like periscope his life 24 7? Yes. All right. Anyway, he also this I think is uh, more also in this article about Stefan Marbury. uh, Quote, meanwhile, he said he is part of a budding three on three basketball reality TV show in China that is expected to be aired through China's Hunan television and video hosting service Yuku after shooting in July. Marbury said Brooklyn Nets guard Jeremy Lin and Taiwanese singer and actor Jay Chu are expected to be involved as well. The Chinese participants will live in a house and be trained before eventually coming to play in the United States, possibly at famed Rucker Park in New York City. They haven't locked in Rucker Park yet. (laughs) Quote, I have to bring three on three to China, Marbury said. The name of the show is in Chinese, but it translates loosely in English to Dunk Boys. <laughs> I want to watch Dunk Boys. I, Someone figure out how I can watch Dunk Boys. I want to rename our podcast Dunk Boys. That, <laughs> I know that's not really... It's too late to do that. Uh, why do they have to live in a house? Uh, what a weird reality show. How is Jeremy Lin going to be involved? Um, but yet, but also, am I wrong about what the climax of this show is going to be? Them losing, getting humiliated at, H- Rucker, at Park. Rucker Park. These reality show contestants just getting every shot sent back in their faces. I mean, because you have to consider the postseason success of even Stefan Marbury as a participant in his own sport was mm-hmm. not like championship caliber. 
Don't you think they'll get whatever the best three Chinese basketball players are, though, to play? I still think uh, that is going to be inferior show. to. <laughs> because it seems like they're going to have to, like, really coach them up. Mm-hmm. I wonder if people, like, don't really play three-on-three in China, too. Well, that's what he was saying. They don't really play three-on-three in China. Yeah, and, and like, weirdly, when they have international three-on-three, are they having three-on-three at the Olympics Yes, in 2020? And so all the best teams are these, like, weird Croatian powerhouses. Mm-hmm. And I think, it, I think it's, like, much more physical for some reason on the international level. Anyway, um... I think they should have to play a team from the big three. To me, this speaks to some synergy. I might even Which text team my... would you like to see them play? I mean, they should play the champs, but I would like them to play Rick Barry's team. Which I would like them to play oh, the ball. Oh, he'd be so hogs. racist, though. Well, yeah, he, he did refer to a Michael Jordan dunk as a Chinese Superman in 1988 because it was kind of slanty. That was his phrase. He said that in front see... of Bill Russell. In America, I don't want to see. I don't want to see Rick Barry be mean to Chinese people. You don't want to see Scal going to work in the post. No, actually, they should play Stephen Jackson's team. Yeah, yeah. The the Killer Threes with <laughs> Chauncey, Stephen Jackson, and Metal World Peace playing in the Big Three as Ron Artest. I bet Metal World Peace is a big fan, a big star in China, actually. Uh, um, um. Yeah, I bet he's. I bet he's been. I bet he's pretty famous in China because of just because of his. Uh, he was on those Kobe teams. Um. Yeah, and he was on sense. the Rockets, the Yao Ming Rockets. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh <laughs> oh yeah yeah that he was on the Yao Ming Rockets and like, I bet he has like weird merch deals, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Okay, and then there's one other thing you wanted to talk about, Sean. Uh-huh. Uh, th- well, I want to I mention, first of all, Victor, Victor Oladipo's trainer tweeted out a screenshot of Victor Oladipo being very serious after being eliminated. Oh, this he, was the worst. This is the dumbest try-hard. Like, like, everybody that's... Everybody on the internet that's, like, really into high school basketball coaches is so into this. So he apparently texted his trainer, when do we start? I'm ready to take it to another level. And then his trainer's like, look at this. He probably hasn't even showered yet. It's like 10 minutes after the game and he already wants to come back to work. And it's like, first of all, that's not actually doing anything. That's just saying, (laughs) let's train. The season's over. Um, it's just, it's such nonsense. It's, it's such a, like, it's so performative, too. It's like when Kyle Lowry shoots after, in, like, the Air Canada Center, after shooting, like, one for 12 in a playoff game. Yeah. Um, Or, like, that, the worst of them when Durant was doing that thing. Being like, you suck, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, if you're really doing it. Because, okay, we know what a real maniac is like, and that's Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. Yeah, Those or guys LeBron did all James. The... Yeah, even LeBron's very performative, though. Like, he's always, like, Instagramming himself, working out and singing and stuff. 
Kobe Bryant like stayed up all night in his film room watching old westerns and doing like intense rehab <laughs> activities on his ankle. Like Michael Jordan made people come to his house for breakfast to lift weights, you know. Like I just feel like when you're like really a psycho like that, first of all, it doesn't take you 4 years into the league to develop that. Uh and also you don't care if people see it because you're crazy. Right. Uh but the positive thing that came out of this was that Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> Dirk made Nowitzki. Fun of him. <laughs> oh, so funny. Dirk said, I got inspired by Victor Oladipo. I also texted my trainer. Here's his response. And Dirk texts, When do we start? And then his trainer responded, I told you four years ago you were done four years ago. Your game has been in decline since Havelcheck stole the ball from you. Your full-court sprints are timed with a calendar. That being said, if you wire me 561 Bitcoin, 5 million U.S., we could start tomorrow. And then Dirk's response was, aggressive. And then he had an ellipsis. Um, uh, and that is hilarious. That's On the plus side, I think this means Dirk is back, baby. I think he is, too. It's too bad, like, he's he's so... I think Dirk is like a really personally fulfilled person. Um, I was inspired, but the fact that he brings like leftovers wrapped in aluminum foil to games really makes me feel like he seems to like really love his wife and just seems. Yeah. uh, But he would be the greatest basketball commentator. He's just, I don't think he'd do it. I could see him doing Mavs local broadcasts, but I don't think he'd do national. Yeah, you just I don't I don't think he's invested in that aspect of it, but he's just so good at this stuff. Ah, uh, that's funny. Anyway, I just wanted to get that out there. Dirk's great. Uh but the other thing I wanted to mention is Jack White has an amazing Rolling Stone interview this week. Jack Jack White of the White Stripes and Part of it is from about my, wait, my favorite actor from the movie Cold Mountain. The movie Cold Mountain actor that Jack White, uh, leader of the Rock and Tours. Uh, that guy who beat up that guy. Yeah, he that talks about that in the interview too, where he's like, "Yeah, I'm not sorry." He's like, "What if you pushed over a Hell's Angels bike? Would you be upset? Like, would you be surprised if you got punched in the face?" So he's just like, "Yeah, somebody got in my face in a bar and I punched him." Uh, did he also talk about how he sued the guy from the Black Keys because he was stealing his life? I did not. That did not come up in the interview. <laughs> uh, what did come up is that he's backing down a little bit about his old-timey stuff. And part of it was that, uh, I guess, Chris Rock did an event at the Third Man Studios. And Chris Rock came in and Jack White's like, yeah, here, I'm, I'm going to tape. And here's this real the real thing and chris rock just goes nobody cares man (laughs) and then jack white's like it really put me in a tailspin i wish he hadn't said that uh so he mentions that like for this album and it's not even related to this that he saw eddie van halen in an interview or on tv talking about some new guitar he had and he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll make you it'll make it like way easier. And Jack White's like, that's like the opposite of what I'm trying to do. So he goes and buy he buys 
the custom Van Halen guitar and like a Van Halen amp. Spends a couple days playing so many Van Halen covers, he blows out the amp, but then is like, oh, it's way easier to play these than the thrift store guitars that Mm -hmm. I always buy. And like, maybe that's why my hands are bleeding all the time. And so he just buys like a St. Vincent guitar and he, he, he bought a Jeff Skunk Baxter guitar and it's just this hilarious. Uh, some oh, oh, and also he's talking to Radiohead's producer at one point about how he's like mixing this thing using using no artificial technology, and the guy's like, "You know that automated soundboards have been around since 1973, right?" And he's just like, "Oh," <laughs> so it's really it's great to see like the ways he's trying to inch himself into society and he just gets burned uh like at one point he's like yeah i don't i don't take a cell phone you're off a leash it's so freeing and then the the interviewer's like yeah the day before his car had a blowout on the freeway so he had to walk a couple miles in like the detroit snow anyway it's it's really delightful even if you don't like jack white if you like jack white it's fun if you don't like him it's very funny, and he a lot of hoisting on his own petard in that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and his like his new album, he's like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna make it so much more modern. But he still like recreated his high school recording setup in a rented apartment. Anyway, he's a maniac. I love it. Who's the NBA's Jack White? The NBA's Jack White. I think it might be Rick Barry. Like super old school, like the, like I feel like Jack White shoots underhand free throws, right? <laughs> who else is just like a? I mean, it's the guy who's actually sort of like more like that in sports might be Ricky Henderson, mm-hmm. who's just like I don't lift weights, I just do right. five hundred sit ups and a thousand push ups every single day, and then I just <laughs> practice diving head first into the dirt. And that's all I do. I don't learn my teammates' names. Uh, like, like, I'm really pure. Although Ricky's, like, never... Has Ricky ever fought anyone? He has to have. Right? I don't know. God. I would. I want a Ricky Henderson book, too. Although there might just not be that much there. <laughs> it seems amazing. It seems so fascinating. But I think it might just be that they're there are not a lot of layers like he could just be like very purely surface right i mean which is awesome but maybe not a compelling subject for a <laughs> <laughs> um all right sean what do you have to plug uh, more NBA content on yardbarker there's a gallery that went up yesterday about the best player matchups in the first round, and then a little post-mortem about all the teams that lost in the first round. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not really that kind to Evan Turner. Spoiler. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what a spoiler for anyone who listens to this podcast. It's also weird writing about the Miami Heat, where it's like they kind of achieved exactly what they should have achieved. And it's just weird that this team with a gigantic payroll is like calibrated to be like the toughest five or six seed in the East. But that, that all, but they're also not like underachieving either. 
It's just weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's weird to be like, yeah, that's exactly how this series should have gone. Like, where'd it go wrong? Like, I don't know, four years ago when LeBron left? Um, <laughs> That was that was what was so weird about the Sixers Heat series. It's just that one team was like, "Oh, one single free agent might leave. Let's burn it to the ground." And Miami's mm-hmm. like, "Maybe he'll come back." <laughs> uh, they would be a wonderful supporting cast for LeBron, though. If he came back to the Heat, like almost any combination of what they would send away, or just a lot of like really complimentary LeBron players that could have been Pat Riley's plan the whole time um as for me rate review subscribe round ball rock yeah we love we love yeah. every listener we have even yeah. the ones who are mean to us which rarely happens sometimes yeah. uh and then as Jerks. always you can always follow me on twitter at frankie muniz where classic i'm reading some classic muniz tweets here uh i tweeted three twelve fourteen. If I accidentally put a live scorpion in my mouth and chewed on it, am I going to die? Don't ask how that happened, but my tongue is numb. I can't believe he's alive. (laughs) Just the amount of scorpion-related near fatalities he's had, and he, like, races cars, it's incredible. Godspeed. I hope he and Nelly never die. Yeah. Uh, trust the process. Trust the process. Shut it down. Let's give our trainer $5 million in Bitcoin. (laughs) He got off the bus at the border, went up, drove the woman with the rose tattoo. She offered him a ride, and when he got inside, she offered him something new. A steak burrito supreme from Taco Bell, she insisted that he try it. And a new zesty steak melt from Taco Bell, he had never had nothing like it. And when he tried the steaks off Taco, all of a sudden he knew that he'd always be indebted for the rest of his life to the woman with the rose tattoo. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.